Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tigress. This is your host, Nadia Okamoto, here to talk about something that is one of, well, is the most deadliest terrorist attack in world history and a day that is traumatizing for generations, especially in America. And that is the attacks of September 11th, 2001. So trigger warning that I'm going to talk about 9-11. And I just want to say a huge thank you to all of you for creating a community in which we can be really honest and real about things like this, from everything to talking about periods all the way to terrorist attacks, surviving through them, grieving through them. Um, and this is actually a part of my life story that I've never talked about publicly because until very recently, I completely blocked it out of memory. PTSD much? I think so. Um, so a few weeks ago, September 11th, 2021, we witnessed the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. And in the few days leading up to 9-11 of this year, um, Henry and I sat down to watch the Hulu series, the Hulu special on 9-11 titled One Day in America. And it is this six episode series that is one of the most powerful visual docu-series that I've ever seen. And why that is, is because I think that a lot of um, these historical docu-series often use film reenactments, but because the attacks of September 11th happened in 2001, where, you know, there were video cameras and there were cell phones out there, um, there's enough real footage that as the survivors are telling their stories, the real footage of these first responders and, 
regular everyday citizens responding to the crisis of that day are merged together. So you're seeing it in real time and it is so raw and so real. And I highly recommend the, watching this series. I was born on February 11th, 1998, and I was born and raised in New York City. And when I was about two years old, we moved to American Samoa right after my mom had graduated from law school in New York. And we were kind of figuring out uh, what my parents wanted to do next in their careers. And my mom accepted a job at Cleary Gottlieb, which is like a corporate law firm with law offices right across the street from the World Trade Center in New York City. The attacks of 9-11 happened on, in September. And my family decides to move into uh, an apartment building on 25 Broad Street in New York City, just a few blocks from the World Trade Center, um, less than two months later in December. And so in the aftermath of 9-11, that's where I grew up. I grew up kind of as it was still very much a pile of rubble. And as we all had problems with like temporary asthma because of all of the dust and exhaust that we were inhaling. So I wasn't on, wasn't there on the day of the attacks. And I think for many people my age, September 11th is something that we know of, something that a lot of the adults have firsthand trauma from and something that we don't quite remember, right? I was two years old. I don't really remember a lot of things in vivid detail before age five, but as I watch this docu-series and as I've started to like actually really read about other people witnessing and experiencing the attacks of 9-11, I've been thinking a lot about intergenerational trauma and how the environment we grow up in affects us so deeply. Because I grew up in an apartment where as toddlers, my sisters and I were searched by bomb dogs every time we entered and left the apartment. We didn't understand why. And we didn't understand why there was construction going on and riots happening in our neighborhood every single day. And I remember my mom going to work at, you know, when Liberty is, I think her, the building address where she worked on like the 44th floor or something and where she would look down right into the World Trade Center into that rubble. And she watched every single day at work as a new mother to three kids with uh, a husband who wasn't really helping uh, with the family. And as she watched this every single day as a new mom and as someone who could only afford to really live in that area, right? Because I mean, 9-11 happens, people are fleeing the city. We move right in that to, into that area because the real estate, the rent is so cheap now. But as I was watching this docu-series, something also was really highlighted, which is how little I knew about this historic day in my life and this historic day in the life of New Yorkers and the life of America. Um, and I think why that is, is because Growing up, going to school at PS 234, um, for those of you who are familiar with the New York public school system that is in the Tribeca area, I went to preschool at a private preschool um, in Was called Washington Market that usually is really hard to get into and usually was much more expensive, but was easier to get into and was cheaper than normal because of 9-11. I went to school in like right in the heart of where this traumatic events happened. And when 9-11 came up in school, um, you know, all growing up, it, it wasn't a day where a lot of my classmates and I knew what happened. 
but it was a day when we witnessed all of our teachers grieve and be so triggered and where we would sit in silence and light candles and talk about processing grief and honoring firefighters. And I just remember having the teachers cry that day, having us get in trouble if we laughed and having classmates kind of get up as they also cried because this was a day that they lost a loved one. At the same time, it wasn't a day that we ever learned in depth, like what happened, why it happened, the political in, like implications. It was just a day that we experienced as like heavy grief and anxiety. Also growing up, I had two reoccurring nightmares um, very regularly, uh, the beginning, you know, examples of insomnia. One of them was related to the sexual abuse I experienced growing up. And one of them was having these nightmares of about, about an atomic bomb dropping in New York City. And a lot of that was because as when 9-11 happened, you know, everyone was, fe was fearful in New York City of what was going to come next. So I grew up in school doing bomb drills regularly, talking about what we would do, you know, if the air quality got so bad from, you know, an attack without really not knowing what that meant. And at the time, also, I was living with my Japanese grandparents, uh, my mom's in-laws moved in with us. And, you know, in somewhere in the family lineage, um, they've experienced also the atomic bombs that were dropped in Japan um, and or knew about it, knew someone who was affected by it. So that's why I was thinking a lot about this intergenerational trauma. And even on my mom's side, on my um, Chinese side, my mom would tell me stories of my maternal grandmother hiding, you know, being on her older sister's back, running away from bombs and experiencing also kind of the trauma of war. So growing up when I look at what was happening at, in the world, in my city, in my hometown, in my neighborhood at the time I was growing up, it was 9-11 in the aftermath of it, you know, growing up a few blocks away from the site where they were for months recovering dead bodies um, for years, growing up in a school system and in a community that was terrified of an atomic bomb dropping of World War III starting. And I was growing up around adults who were so mad at the system, so mad at the government and America, at, at the politicians who were handling it. And I was growing up around um, two sides of my family, my Chinese side and my Japanese side, who were themselves for generations traumatized by the history of war in their countries. And like my, I've talked to my Taiwanese grandmother about this more um, than any other of my grandparents, but her experiences growing up in Taiwan while I was occupied by Japan and experiencing, um, you know, some positive memories of interacting with um, Japanese soldiers and some very negative ones as well. Um, but anyways, going back to this moment of like watching watching this docuseries, um, Henry was really surprised by how little I knew about the attacks. And I was researching like more about the day as we were watching, because I realized that 9-11 in my life has been treated like this day that so many of the adults in my life, so many of the family members in my life pushed away from our minds because it was such a painful day in America that it was kind of something I was taught not to ask questions about. In school, um, I remember that 
9-11 was actually one of the topics we had to bring home permission slips about to talk about in school. And I was talking to one of my friends and mentors who's now a mother to elementary schoolers in New York. And she was actually telling me that she moved her school, her kids from one elementary school to another because one school taught 9-11 in an in-depth way without getting approval from parents. And she moved her kids to another school where they were teaching about 9-11 after months of planning in partnership with the parents, with the PTA to talk about how we do it in a trauma-informed way, right? So similar to how I experienced the stigma around periods, which is absolutely like not a terrorist, you know, like very different, but how I experienced the stigma around periods, you know, I think stigma exists in a way where we are taught that this is something that is taboo. We do not talk about, we do not ask questions about that we know affects people around us, but it's kind of a topic off limits. And in many ways, in a very much more real, emotional, traumatic way, um, which, which is like the deadliest day in America, that is how I understood 9-11 growing up. This was a day that brought a lot of people pain. This was a day that taught me, without knowing anything about politics, that I witnessed adults around me when they saw a picture of President George Bush, they would like stomp on it. And my mom has stories of how I would do that too without really knowing who he was, right? This was a day that just taught me to have anger at the system, taught me to have anger at what was happening in the world, taught me to have fear and nightmares every day about, about a war coming, about an atomic bomb, about another attack coming. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now, extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote-unquote yes-men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us pod to learn more. Um, this was a day where I was taught that I wasn't supposed to really ask questions about what exactly happened on this day, but that I, um, I was supposed to be really educated that the topics of this day were really sensitive. Um, and I wanted to share this because I, in the last week, um, or in the last week or two, since watching the series, I've been really curious to have a lot more conversations with friends of mine about 9-11 and realizing how little they know about the day as well. Like, I think that there's common knowledge amongst my peers where 9-11 happened. It was a pivotal day that led to the war in Afghanistan, which is what we see, you know, we're dealing with the aftermath of America pulling out of Afghanistan now um, in this 20-year war that, you know, is now, you know, gave 
the Afghanistan government to the Taliban and this idea of terrorism we know is linked directly to 9-11, but so many of my peers are vastly uneducated about what actually happened on that day. And I think a lot of the stories of hope and survival that the docuseries captured are some of the most powerful, gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching stories that I have really changed my life and have changed the way I walk around and how I appreciate New York City and the 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 vibe of New York City as well. Um, I think another thing that watching this docuseries taught me was like how much 9-11 affects us today and affects, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people today, right? From the 3,000 or so lives that were lost from the attacks, 3,000 from the first responders who gave their lives climbing up those stairs before the two buildings collapsed, trying to save everyone they could. And I think that for me watching the docuseries and thinking a lot more about 9-11 has given me even more appreciation for first responders after we just witnessed a year, a global pandemic, right? Where first responders, healthcare providers were on the front lines, putting their lives in danger as they were treating a very viral, dangerous, deadly um, coronavirus. Um, it's also given me a lot of knowledge of like intergenerational trauma in the way of like these moments change lives. And for me, even as someone who was not here on that day, I recognize how much PTSD and how much anxiety I have today and how much my insomnia was fostered by this day that I have no like direct recollection of. Right. And as I think a lot about how 9-11 affects my own mental health and how it played a role in my own insomnia, my own anxiety, my own like respiratory health, my younger sister and myself, like I've been diagnosed with having an inhaler because of like exhaust that was in my lungs. Um, there are studies and reports that have said that there have been more lives lost since the attacks of 9-11 um, than the 3,000 that were lost on that day because of related injuries, right? Many relating to inhaling a lot of the exhaust and the chemicals of that day. And as I learned more and more about the attacks of 9-11, something that I feel like I was really repressed from my memory, something that I think I was really taught to like, was such a sensitive trigger warning topic that I couldn't really ask questions about. Now, 20 years later, as a 23 year old, wanting to do my own research and feeling really the responsibility to do that research, I'm realizing like how much this day that I wasn't even there for, but I lived around, lived around the aftermath of affected my life. And that has put me on like this new journey in the last two weeks of thinking a lot about intergenerational trauma. And look, I'm quite a skeptic when it comes to previous conversations around intergenerational trauma. Um, I, I've been, you know, having a lot of new friendships blossom from people who I really admire for the work that they've done in their own healing and their self-work. Um, and what that means is, you know, as I've grown to have more self-awareness and I'm learning about, you know, even thinking about intergenerational trauma, something I've not thought about before, like this year, um, I'm inspired to have more friendships with people who've done all these things like past life regressions where they can tell me exactly like the four lives that they've been in the past, you know, the first time their soul was here and like what animal they were um, before civilization and how that affects them today. And to be honest, I've always been kind of a skeptic. I've really respected and believed in their truth and I've admired knowing their truth, but I've always been kind of in their mind, like, wait, you're telling me that like you remember 
being someone in a previous generation of a different sex, gender, species, race, and something in that time that you did, you're like reconciling with now and asking for forgiveness. Like I've always had that skeptic in me. That's kind of been like kind of calling bullshit, but like not calling bullshit because I also see how real those past life regressions are for them. But I'm telling you, like watching this docuseries and like reflecting on something like 9-11 that has affected the city that I live in today so much has put a lot of how intergenerational trauma can play into my life um, and has kind of inspired more of this work from me. Like, I don't know if my mom's going to like this, but since um, watching this docuseries and learning more, I've been calling my mom, asking her, like, tell me more about my life, you know, age three and before, right? Like, I want to know from my mom, like, what the anxiety was for my grandparents moving in. Like, I actually don't even know if it's true or not that my grandparents experienced the A-bombs that were dropped in Japan. I've kind of heard it, but it's also something that wasn't really talked about. Um, and it's inspired me to reconnect with more of my own personal history across generations. Um, so what after I watched this series, I actually bought plane tickets. Ah, I'm getting like emotional talking about it. I actually bought plane tickets to go to Indiana in a couple of weeks. And for the first time in 13 years, I'm going to see my grandparents. I haven't seen them since I was like uh, 10, 11. Yeah, I haven't seen them since I was like 10, since before I got my period, uh, my maternal grandparents. And, you know, they practically practically disowned my mom a few times. Um, but watching this docuseries and reflecting on 9-11, it really has inspired so much of this reflection in me. Um, and to be honest, I know nothing about intergenerational trauma based off of it being kind of this two word clickbait thing that I think we're seeing a lot more in like mental health conversation, but I wanted to share this on this podcast because I hope that all of you like go watch this series first and foremost. I think it's really important to know about our history, but I think that it can hopefully inspire not just doing our own work to reflect on the self-awareness we need of what we've been through in our lifetime, but how the memories and trauma of the people around us affect our own mental health and our own growth today. And I hope on future episodes of Tigress, I'm able to share more with you about how learning about my past across generations is affecting me today. Who knows? Maybe a few years from now, I'll do a past life regression and talk about that. Um, I'm still learning to be not a skeptic of it, but um, I just want to end this episode actually by honoring the lives of those that were lost um, on September 11, 2001 and honoring the lives of those that were lost um, over the last 20 years for related conditions, honoring the lives of the hundreds of firefighters and first responders who saved thousands of lives on the day of the attack, the first responders and people who, and the volunteers who rallied to support New York City through its healing, and the brave pilots and passengers that saved even more communities um, from further attacks, and honoring the survivors of 9-11, the survivors who are here in New York City, who the attacks of this day continue to affect today um, and wishing all of those well and honoring and just hoping that people get the time to reflect and time to learn and time to heal from this day. And I'm just really thankful to the team who made this docuseries. Um, this is not a paid ad for the docuseries. This is truly, I think, just a reminder of the power of media and the power of storytelling. Um, so, yeah. Please go watch this docu series. Please go do your research. Um, and with that, thank you to my incredible team in New York City, um, my incredible DCP team, 
um, many of whom who have lived through this day as well and can remember it um, and have real memories of it. Um, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Tigris and I hope it inspires some reflection on your end. With love, signing off, Nadia. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. We're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.